your responsibilities on freedom, principles from the impeachment talk, and why your credibility is critical. Irishman stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show. Will you come for the accent? We, 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 ho, ho, ho. And you stay for the principles. We have a jam-packed show for you today. Today, I'm actually going to talk about something that I usually avoid, but it's something that needs to be discussed. That is the impeachment get into the nitty-gritty because you've heard it all over the news it's everywhere even i'm six thousand miles away and i can't get away from the story of donald trump is he gonna be impeached is he not is he innocent is he guilty and all this size but i actually sat back and actually listened to some of the arguments and i realized that this is a great learning experience and today's show i want to spend a lot of time talking to you about principles. I know that might shock some of you because, geez, John, we never, ever discuss principles. But I want to talk to you about some principles that we can learn. But before I lay and talk about the actual impeachment of some of the principles we can learn from modern day, we once again have to go back into the world. We have to go back to the family principles. We have to go back to the family fathers to understand why they were exceptional and to lay the foundation of what I'm going to talk to you about for the rest of today's show. If you look around at the world today, regardless of whether you're left, right, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you're liberal or conservative, you all believe you have certain rights. Everyone loves talking about their rights. So if I listen to my friends, you know, because it's from the left, it's all election season, it's 2020 of the Democratic primary, everyone's saying they have rights to stuff. I have a right to contraception. I have a right to healthcare. I have a right to free education. I have a right, I have a right, I have a right. If you look at the political discourse, my friends on the right will always go, well, I have a right to free speech. You know what Google is doing is wrong. I have a right to have own and own my own gun. I have a right to the Second Amendment. Everyone loves focusing and telling the world what their rights are. In Ireland, we have the exact same thing. We talk about, well, I have a right to this, and I have a right to this, and I have a right to conscience, and I have a right to vote, and I have a right to abort my baby. Everyone loves talking about their rights, regardless of where they come from. But here's the thing that we need to understand about society. Is if we only ever focus in on our rights, we're missing a big part of the rights that we talk about. Because rights without responsibilities mean nothing. If you just want to focus in on your rights and not your responsibilities, you're going to have a vacuum. And throughout the history of this world, whether you're a Christian and you believe it's 5,000 years old, or whether you're an atheist and you think the world is like a billion years old, or whatever, the number keeps changing. Whatever. 
you read the tr- through the history of our world, you understand one thing. That when there's a vacuum, historically, it's always been government that fills it. They see a space and kind of go, there's an opportunity for power, money, and greed. Let's take it. Left or right, top or bottom, they always do that. They see opportunities to take power and they do it. So if we go around always talking about our rights and not our responsibilities, government will take those responsibilities. If we focus in, let me give you an example. If we focus in on only our rights to freedom and our rights to bear arms and our right to healthcare and our right to education, guess what? There's other things that get left along the side of the road. Hey, the homeless problem. Well, I don't have a right to be homeless. Well, guess what? Government's now going to deal with that. It's going to tax you. It's going to tell you what to do. It's going to tell you how to act. It's going to compel you to say, you need to give me more money because there's this problem. And guess what? We need to fix it because no one else will. But here's where I want to talk to you about your founding fathers. Because your founding fathers understood this very principle. They understood that, you know what? Yes, we have rights. And it's in the Declaration of Independence, not once, but twice, about responsibilities. Because if you read the Declaration of Independence, it's very clear. They talk about rights. They talk about all men being created equal. There's a right. All men have a right to life. There's a right. You have a right to liberty. There's a right. And you have a right to pursue your happiness. Or if you want to go with the original writing, you have a right to the the right to property. There's all the rights they spoke about. But they said later on in the Declaration of Independence, a couple of paragraphs down, about two, three hundred words down, they said, firstly, it is the right of the people to alter and abolish their government and to institute new government. You see, they could have just been like everyone else going, yeah, you have a right to alter and abolish your government. Absolutely, you have that right. But they didn't. They said, no, you have a right to do it, but it's also your responsibility to institute new government. Because contrary to belief, we are not anarchists. If you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in freedom and you believe in limited government, you are not an anarchist. You just believe in limited government. But they just did't say that. They also then later on, a couple of, you know, a couple of sentences later, they said the following. Under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for future security. So they spoke about tyrannical government saying, it's your right, but also it's your duty to stand up to it. But they just didn't say, hey, let's throw overthrow the government. They just didn't say, hey, DC is a problem. Let's just get rid of it. Let's just remove it. Now they said, that's your right. If you if you have a tyrannical government, it is your right to stand up to it. But it is your responsibility to provide new guards for their future security. Because here's the thing we need to understand. And again, this is another factual reason, not my opinion, a factual reason why America is exceptional, is unique, is different to every other nation around the world. We've discussed this many times in the past, but this idea of freedoms and your rights do not come from government. Do not come from man. This idea of democracy, quote unquote, this grand idea where we all come together and we vote a certain way. You may vote for a certain proposal, you may vote against it, but if it passes and then the government has all this power and says, you now have these rights. That is not how every other nation, that is how every other nation has been founded. That fundamental principle that your rights come from the government, that your rights come from a king, that your rights come from a prime minister. America is the exact opposite. 
America said, no, your rights don't come from government. Your rights don't come from man. Why? Because you have to under fundamentally understand the founding principles of America. The idea that all men are created equal. Now, let's just think about this for a second. If we're all equal, how can I give you rights? Oh, well, I'm elected. We're still equal. How can we, how can I give you rights? I'm a politician. I'm the president of the United States. I'm the most powerful man in the world, damn it. Doesn't matter. We're equal. We're on the same footing, brother. So how can I give you rights if I'm president and you're not? If you fundamentally think government can give you rights, then you don't believe we are all created equal. It's fundamentally impossible. You believe one at some point, one is a master or better than the other, and one is a serf. All men are created equal. That is why your founder said, we're all created equal, and it's not government's job to give you rights or take your rights away. It is government's job to protect your rights. That is government's job. That is government's role. That is government's responsibility. But we also then need to understand what our responsibility is. Because all the time I hear people talk, use the following sentence. Whether you're left or right, they all use the same linguistics. They use the same language. I have a right. It's my right. I, I have a right to free speech. It's my right. I have a right to a gun. It's not your right. Here's the fundamental r- problem that I see in society, and especially in American society, because you are big on your rights to freedom, is that you do not understand your responsibilities to freedom because they are not your rights. You don't own them. If you own your right to, let's just get, let me give you an example. If you own your right to have a gun, if it is fundamentally yours, guess what that means? If it is your right, you can trade it. You can go, you know what? I'm, I, I, I want to have a right to a gun, but I don't need an AR-15. So I, I just trade that right away. And, you know, cause we'll have a safer world if we have no more AR-15s, right? Let's buy the ling- language of the left. Let's buy the mitt. Let's buy the baloney. Hey, no more AR-15s. The world will be a kinder, softer, gentler place, and we'll all sing Kumbaya. If it's your right, you can trade it. Or it maybe has a monetary value. Hey, if you give up your right to an AR-15, we'll give you a $1,000 tax credit. If it is your right, you can trade it. You can do what you want. It is not your right. You are protected by those rights, but they are not fundamentally yours. They are for everyone. We are stewards of these rights, and it is our duty, it is our responsibility to take the rights we are given and to pass them on and protect them for the next generation and instill in them the knowledge that they also are stewards and that they have to pass them on to the next generation. If you want to fundamentally understand the problems and why America is a post-constitutional America, you have to understand this is a big thing because your right to free speech just didn't go, oh, boom, gone. Your right to a second a gun and this protection under the Second Amendment just didn't go, oh, boom, gone. It eroded over time. It started under Woodrow Wilson. Yes, that guy. That guy started so many bad things in your country. But your rights got eroded. And it was never one big erosion. It was a small erosion. A little bit that we had, ah, don't worry about that. And then we passed them on to the next generation. And then they had their rights eroded. But it was not a big deal. It maybe came from our side. Our team eroded the rights. And then they passed it on to the next generation. And then what happens? Then in 2019, we're all looking at our rights going, Hey, 
What the hell happened? Where, where's this, where are all these rights gone? This is a case of understanding about nature's law and nature's God and your right to freedom. I know this annoys a lot of people because a lot of people tell me and they disagree with me. But I will stand for your rights regardless of what side has power. I will stand for the Second Amendment, whether it's Barack Obama going, hey, you know what, you don't need an AR. Whether it's better or work going, you know what, Texans are coming to me all the time going, they just want me to take their guns. They're like, they're just stopping me in the middle of the street going, hey, bro, I know you're running for president. Please come take my AR-15. I'll stand against him. But I will also stand against Republicans when Republicans propose dumb ideas. Like, hey, let's ban bum stocks. Bad idea. You sadly did it. Hey, let's have red flag laws. Bad idea. Don't do it. This is still up for discussion. Don't do it. Don't do it because it's not your right to give away. These are rights that came from God, from your creator. You have a right to protect yourself. You have a right to free speech. You have a certain rights. And it is our job to protect them against all sides. Against left, right, Republican, Democrat, conservative, progressive, libertarian, whatever it is. We must protect these rights. We must understand we are stewards of these rights. And we must start passing these rights on to future generations. And instilling in them the responsibility to ensure nobody, not someone who you think is cool, not someone who you think is your friend, nobody infringes on these rights. Because they are from your creator. That is the fundamental principle of nature's law and nature's God. or disagree with me and you want to get in touch with me get in touch with me on social media i'm on twitter freedom disciple jonathan dunn 58 on facebook send me a friend request give me a follow i engage with you but this week i didn't this week has been a really crazy week uh wow this week has just flown by ever since i got back to ireland the, the weather has been horrible we had we've had a storm and just work has been crazy but i always engage with people on social media over the couple of years Ever since I've been involved in your politics since Bush versus Gore, anytime I talk about rights and I talk about freedom, especially around the Second Amendment, around the Fourth Amendment, you'll always hear a certain phrase, especially around the Fourth Amendment. Look, I'm just not as passionate, John, about that freedom as you are. Look, I get it, but, you know, at the end of the day, look, if there's red flag laws or look, if, you know, they want to take my phone out, look, I have nothing to hide. I've done nothing wrong. I'm sure you've heard that argument so many times, right? We've all heard it. I want you to look, if you ever use that argument, or if it's even in the back of your head as a potential argument to go, you know, there's certain issues I'm just not passionate about. I would beg you right now to look at what's going on in your country. Look at how the media, politics, DC, everyone is treating Donald Trump regarding impeachment. This guy, whether you like it or not, whether, you, whether he is guilty or not, and we'll discuss that in a few minutes, they had him convicted before he even set up, before he even started, before he even got into office, he was guilty. Before he was even put his hand on that Bible and said, I will preserve, defend, and protect the Constitution of the United States, and he gave his speech on, you know, on, on the, the, in D.C., he was guilty. 
They were already talking about impeachment. Regardless, it wasn't a question of whether he'd be impeached or not. It was a question of what's going to be the smoking gun. It's a question of, well, what can we get him on? But he was already guilty in the eyes of people. If you really believe, you know what? I got nothing to hide. I've done nothing wrong. Eh, Let them have red flag laws. This should be the perfect lesson for you. What's happening now? Because Donald Trump has a platform, a bigger platform than many people. He has Twitter. He is the most powerful man, if you believe the myth, the most powerful man in the world. They're still going after him. They're still saying he's guilty before even any facts come out. If he is guilty and you see what's happening to him, what chance have you or I got? If you learn nothing else from what's happening in your country right now, the impeachment and the principles around it, understand this. Freedom is not meant to be popular. It's not meant to be, "Eh, I don't really care. We are stewards of those principles. Even if we're not passionate about them, we have to be passionate about them to ensure we pass them on to the next generation. Because if we're like, eh, Fourth Amendment, eh. I, I, I don't care about my emails and my texts. I, I don't text anyone. I only text, you know, my wife and my kids about soccer and, you know, Hillary Clinton's line about her emails. I just They were just emails about yoga and, like, birthday parties. You know, all relevant stuff. You know, that line that she used when it came to her emails and her whole server thing and things. It was, it, there was nothing there. You, you could be like that. But guess what? While you may be like that and kind of go, look, they can go through my emails. Look, if they want to go through my emails, I pity them because they're going to be very disappointed. They're rather boring. Your kids mightn't be like that. Your kids might want to be like, you know, they have stuff to discuss. They have a right to privacy as well. We have to protect these rights and ensure we pass them on to next generations. So if you've ever used that argument, please look around to what's happening in society today and especially to what's happening to Donald Trump. But here's where I want to talk to you about actual impeachment. Because I heard a great quote, and quite honestly, if you're like me and you heard this quote, I had to duct tape my head back together. And I'm not joking. You know, that might sound, oh, there he is, a bit of a fun. I'm not joking. My head damn near exploded when I heard this. It was Nancy Pelosi, your, your, your grand speaker of the house. The, you know, if we were in England, we'd have, I don't know actually if you use this title over there, but in England, we'd go, the right honorable Nancy Pelosi. Because she's right and she's honorable and whatever. But she said a quote this week, which when I heard it, as I say, it made me want to scream. And I'm probably going to scream again saying this quote. But she said, and I quote, we are a nation of laws. Hmm. Now, the first reason when I, my gut reaction when I heard her say this was like, huh. That's ironic. That's coming from the person who talks about illegal immigration and dreamers and, you know, yeah, they didn't do anything wrong. Your nation of laws, really? If you're for any type of immigration reform, you have no authority to say you're a nation of laws. But let's talk about the nation of laws, shall we? You're not a nation of laws. You actually don't take an oath of office when you're speaker, when you're president, when you're in the House, when you're a senator, whatever you are. You don't take an oath to, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to uphold the law. No, you take an oath to preserve, defend, and protect the Constitution of the United States. You want to know some of the problems in your country right now? Your problem is no one understands the Constitution. No one ever talks about the Constitution. And this is in all three branches of government. 
Article 1. Let's just start there. Article 1, which Nancy Pelosi is the, the right honourable Nancy Pelosi is Speaker of the House. Well, in your Constitution, not the rule of law, the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8 has 18 clauses. Everything else is left up to the states. Who follows that? Anyone not violate that in the last year, two years, ten years, twenty years? Republican, conservative, Democrat, progressive? Article 2 has no legislative power. All legislative power belongs to Congress. Article 2 is nothing more than a figurehead. Anyone violate that in the last, not violate that in the last five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years? Who's the last president not to violate their oath of office? Who was the last president who actually probably could talk to you about the power that was in Article 2? Probably Coolidge? I'd love to know your answers on that, by the way. Article 3. And this is my favourite, because according to, you know, the Right Honourable Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who is this conservative icon, apparently, he thinks this is the crown jewel of the Constitution. He talks about Article 3 being the crown jewel the founders gave you. No, he didn't. He called it Article 3, not Article 1 or 2. But he also spoke about co-equal branches of government. But Article 3, when was the last time you actually heard a constitutional argument in front of the Supreme Court? Not by the justices, by the people who make the arguments. Even the people who are defending the Constitution, quote-unquote. If you ever watch a Supreme Court case, when was the last time you heard a Constitution reference? Or did they all talk about case law and precedent? So you want to talk about being a nation of laws? Really? But here's where I want to talk to you about both sides. Because as you know, I was in America last week. And while I get the, the coolness and you got to fight back, we have to have an honest conversation about the rule of law. So I'm sure you've heard this, this say, the saying from our friends on the left, we have sanctuary cities. You know, we will not deport illegal immigration. Immigrants. So your nation of laws, Nancy Pelosi, and yet you have sanctuary cities? First of all, are you, are you now against them because you're a nation of laws? Honest question. I doubt that, though. I doubt. I doubt Nancy Pelosi's going to make that change of a uh, how should we say of a of a policy position. Do you? Because that would be amazing. She would be further right than Donald Trump. Just saying. So let's just talk about that for a second. You have sanctuary cities. How can you have that and be a rule of law? But I also heard when I was over there, my friends on the right were telling me that there are places like I think it's San Diego or districts in San Diego, where they have now brought all these laws out to say, hey, you can't have this gun, you can't have this gun, you can't have this gun. And the sheriffs have all gathered together going, in a really cool move, and I get it, it's really fun, and it's cool to say, they have sanctuary cities for guns. I get the coolness of it. I get it's a Second Amendment right. I'm not attacking these guys at all. But if you're for the rule of law, you kind of have to look at both of these stories and go, be a bit uncomfortable. No? Because here's the thing, do you want to be a nation of laws? Do you want to be a nation where politicians and politics has a role? Or do you just want to be, well, let's just pass laws in our state and in our legislature, and then we'll just leave it up to everyone who's on the ground, whether they force those laws or not. Now, while these two, if you're left, you really like sanctuary cities for illegal immigrants. If you're right, you really like sanctuary cities for immigrants or for guns. Is it a healthy situation to be in? Because do you really want to be in a situation where you're like, I know there's this law. I'm not supposed to do this. But am I? Do I really know? 
Like, it's a case of, I know the law says I'm not supposed to do it, but will I be prosecuted if I actually do it? Is that a situation you want to find yourself in as an individual? Is it? Because that is a really unhealthy position. Because also then you're going to have a two-tier system. A two-tier system where, how would you feel if you broke the law and you know someone else broke the exact same law, but they got off and you didn't? Would you be a bit bitter? Would you be a bit angry? Would you be like, hey, they, we broke, broke the same law, but we got treated differently. Is that fair? That is the type of system that you have. I get why people do it. And I understand the, the motives, shall we say. And I probably agree with a large part of the motives of these sheriffs of a, disobeying the law because they believe in the Constitution. Good on them. But we also have to have that the conversation that is this healthy? Is it healthy to attack the rule of law? But also, when I got into this case of actually the case of impeachment against Donald Trump, I saw a couple of things which really, really bothered me. The first one was this whistleblower. If Let's just try and picture someone, ever who you dislike as president. Because right now, if you love Donald Trump, you can't think of Donald Trump because obviously you're going to be biased. Think of Barack Obama. If you happen to be listening and you hate Donald Trump, think of Donald Trump. Part of the problem, another part of the problem in your culture is there are certain words that are, should only be used in emergencies. They should be rare. You remember the whole abortion slogan, slave, legal and rare, been the key part? There are certain words you should only use on a rare basis. Impeachment, I believe, is one of those cases that you should only use it if you are dead serious. Like It's kind of like you know, breaking case of emergency. Hey, there's a fire, break this. That is when you should use impeachment. Everyone wants to be impeached now. We were going to impeach Brett Kavanaugh before I went over. Then all of a sudden, that story just went away, just poof, gone. And then it was impeached Donald Trump. Really? On what cars? Because right now, you have a whistleblower. You have a whistleblower. All this came out last week. I'm not going to go over the whole terms and conditions of the case. And you, you've heard them all before many, many, many times. But let's put, I want to put this question to you. Are you comfortable, even if you hate Donald Trump or hate Barack Obama, setting impeachment proceedings on hearsay? How would you feel about that? How would you feel about it if you were fired from your job based on second-hand testimony? You know, as I heard these words, as I heard what his whistleblower was saying and all the stuff was coming out last week, honestly, and don't judge me for this, some may love it, some may hate it, but I just kept listening to Judge Judy in my head. It doesn't matter what you say, it, does, it only matters what you can prove. That's hearsay, that's hearsay, that's irrelevant, that's inadmissible. Now, am I saying it shouldn't be investigated? No. It should be investigated and corroborated. But this idea that you can set impeachment proceedings up, where you can have a media that is literally ready to impeach Donald Trump based on hearsay? Really? Is that what you want? Is that what you're talking about? If you want to have a, a crazy system, if you want to have an unstable system, if you want to have a chaotic system, let's just impeach everyone. If we don't like them, let's just impeach them. Hey, yeah, we'll go to the ballot box and we'll try and win elections. But if we don't, we're going to impeach them from day one. Is this what you want? How would you like it? Make it personal to you. 
to be, how would you like to be fired based on secondhand information? This is a really, really bad precedent to start. And again, base it on someone you dislike. But also, as I spoke to people about this, because everyone where I went had an opinion on whether he was guilty or not. A couple of questions for you. And some of them are going to be really hard for you to answer. And I'm going to ask them to both left and right. Your country is a great country and your people are wonderful. But your politics is screwed up. And the debate around sides is horrible. Because there are people who will listen to this going, oh, well, is he saying, is he saying Trump is innocent? Is he saying, is he a pro-Trumper now? What, what? Has he jumped on the train? No. I'm not jumping on any train. I'm not here to promote a candidate. I'm here to talk about the rule of law and basic founding principles. That's where my light is. But when I spoke to my friends on the left, I asked them one question. Have you ever considered one simple theory? He might be innocent. (gasps) Did you just say Donald Trump might be innocent? Oh my God. Yeah. But it also goes likewise to my friends on the rice. Did you even for one second consider he might be guilty? (gasps) Oh my God. Did he just say Trump might be guilty? Yes. Part of the problem when you have sides like you do in your country is everyone, the minute a story breaks, we all go to our sides. Do we like Trump? Do we hate Trump? Do, are we indifferent to Trump? Do we like Obama? Did we dislike Obama? How about this for a principle? Let's have the truth come out. Let's not be in a rush to be first. To, hey, Donald Trump is innocent because of this. Or he's guilty because of ABC. How about we just all calm down, sit back, and let's just go, oh, I don't know. Let's have a situation where all the facts come out. This idea of, and I'm mostly speaking to my colleagues right now, on both sides of the aisle. Because this constant need for media attention, this constant need to be first, I would ask you to make it about yourself. If an accusation was made against you that maybe got you fired, wouldn't you want people to just say, hey, let's just see where the facts lie. And if I'm guilty, I'm guilty. But if I'm innocent, I'm innocent. Let's judge people on the facts. Would you like to be judged on the facts? Let's say you're accused of something. Or would you just prefer if everyone hated you said you're guilty and everyone who loved you said you're innocent? Is that a justice system? Is that a justice system you want any part of? Or does that sound an awful light like a justice system from Soviet Russia? Or from some gulag place like North Korea? Hey, if you're loyal to King Jong-un and the Un family, you're innocent. But if you're not, oh, I don't know. You might just be guilty. What rule of law do you want? Do you want the rule of law based on sides? That if you happen to be part of the right side who holds power at that time, guess what? You can get off with it. But then it boils down to another question. And this is a question which a lot of people on both sides, when especially when it comes to politics, really suck at the answer. Are people innocent until proven guilty? If someone makes an accusation against you, whether you're you, you as an individual, whether you're a worker, whether you're a president of the United States, do you have the presumption of innocence? 
Because I see people in your country, on both sides of the aisle, making lovely speeches about how great it is to quote-unquote lock them up. The Trump campaign did this very effectively with Hillary Clinton. Lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. Last week she's on Stephen Colbert's show. Oh, lock her up and all the crowd went crazy. Do we actually believe in principles that are in your constitution and your bill of rights? The idea of, hey, you're innocent until proven guilty. Do you believe in that? Is that something you want to, you know, strive for? Is that an ideal you wanted? Because if you're not, let me, if you're on the, you know, on the, how should we say, on the defense about this, if you're like, mm, I don't know, Hillary Clinton is guilty. Let me tell you a story from your founding. Because the founding principles just didn't come out of thin air. Your founding fathers just didn't go, poof, you have a right to self-defense. You have a right to trial by jury. You have a right to be innocent until proven guilty. That just didn't come out of thin air. That came through life experiences. Back in the day when people, you know, your original settlers were, you know, nasty people where they, they didn't like the king. They were they're nasty and they were like, you know what, screw the king, I'm not paying my taxes. And he was passing all these laws like, you know, the Stamp Act and Molasses Tax Act. They were like, I don't want that. Well, guess what? They set up these courts. The king set up all these courts where, and sometimes they were out of town. And they had this thing where you get to have to present your defense there. But if you're not there, you're automatically guilty. They had a system there where if you were found guilty, the judge who presided over the case was giving a percentage of your fine. There was an incentive to say, find you guilty. You were guilty until proven innocent. Your founders saw that, lived through that in kind of way. Let's never, ever go back to that. Do you want to have a system where, and it's easy to think, if you love Donald Trump, it's easy to go, of course Donald Trump's innocent of proven guilty. It's always easy to focus on the people you like. Think of someone you dislike. Think of Hillary Clinton. Think of Barack Obama. Think of John Kerry. Think of Hunter Biden. He's in the news right now. Think of Joe Biden. The case may be there, but are you innocent until a court of law says you are guilty? Or is it all about the court of public opinion? Hey, guilty. We have rendered our verdict. We may have not some of the facts. We may have all of the facts. You have not presented a case. You are not judged by a jury of your peers. We, in just in the court of public opinion, say you're guilty. Is that a system you're healthy with? Is that a rule of law you're comfortable with? Because if you're like, mm, I, I, I might be, be very careful what you wish for. Go read about Nazi Germany. Go read about Soviet Russia. Go read about North Korea today. Go read about what's happening in China. Now is the time not to talk about tyranny, but to talk about principles, to talk about freedom. Because if right now we don't make the case for freedom, freedom may die forever, or it may die for a generation, or it may die for 70 years. You're looking at this case right now of impeachment and you're going to hear all the talking heads make this about Donald Trump, about Joe Biden, about Ukraine, about the Democrats, about China, about all these different things. Is it important? Absolutely. Go find your facts. Go find the the things that matter to you. But it's also important to take a step back and look and say, there's key principles that we can learn from here. This is why you're innocent until proven guilty. This is the rule of law, and this is why we must stand for it, whether it's left, right, top, or bottom.
new show is going to be released every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. We're on all major platforms. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, OmniFM, CastBox, Spotify. You name it, we're there. So if you would please do me a favor and subscribe. Also invite your friends and your family to, to join us each Saturday at 12 noon Eastern to, and subscribe. And if you happen to listen on iTunes, or even if you don't, um, iTunes is one of our biggest platforms, if not the biggest, depending on a week. And one of the things they do is they have an algorithm by ratings and reviews. So if you'd please leave us a rating and, and a review. Um, lie if you have to tell me, tell everyone how awesome I am. And uh, leave a rating because that helps new people find our show. And that's how we're going to get a positive message out there. We need to get a message out there. I would ask you just to take a look around at society right now. And I'm, I'm phrasing this in the guise of, yes, the impeachment stuff that's going on that you've heard all. You don't need me to go into every detail because I'm sure you've heard it countless times over from all sides. It's it's everywhere. It's on every news channel, every platform is talking about it 24-7, it seems. But I'd ask you to look around at the world today and kind of ask yourself, who has credibility? Who has any credibility in your eyes? I saw a poll this week, or maybe it was from last week, because I've been traveling, every, all my news is kind of, my two weeks is, or three weeks is just blurred into one, so all the stories I'm reading, I can't remember whether it was this week or last week. But I read a poll where nearly 70% of people don't trust the media. You know, the one thing that's always frustrating me about, specifically right-wingers, so yeah, you know, the right-wingers in America, has been this fascination with the mainstream media. Of what they said. Oh my God, did you hear what Chris Cuomo said last night? No, I wasn't watching. Oh my God, did you hear what Rachel Maddow said? No, I wasn't watching. By the way, most of America wasn't watching either. They're mainstream media. You look at the ratings, no one is watching. There is a major disconnect between the mainstream media, quote unquote, and America. That's just a fact. So when people are throwing out all these crazy accusations, you can nearly bet that the people who watch and actually respond to it, oh my God, Rachel Maddow said this, we have to set the record straight, draw more attention to what Rachel Maddow said than what she actually said herself by responding. That's a lot of, I believe, is a case of the problem. But who has credibility? Look around at you. Look around at the world. And don't just think about this as a, yourself, as whatever, you know, whether you're left or righty or Democrat or Republican. Just look around in general. Does the media have any credibility? Does the police? Does the government? Does anyone care about what DC says anymore? Does anyone care about what Nancy Pelosi says anymore? How about Chuck Schumer? How about Mitch McConnell? How about Kevin McCarthy? How about Donald Trump? Look around at the, your layers of government. Does anyone really trust the CIA anymore? Do you trust the FBI? Do you trust the justice system? What system of government has any credibility anymore? Or is it a case of we just take it on a case by case basis on what our side says? If we, you know, if we like the, 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 the State Department under Obama, we love it and we hate it under Trump. And vice versa. Is that all it's all about? Who has credibility? Does the church have any credibility? Do you have any credibility in your circle? Do you have any credibility online? 
Look at the big companies today. Do they have any credibility? You have people on both sides of the aisle hating Google, hating Facebook, hating Twitter. What's going to happen? I don't know what the future holds, but I will say this. Your founding fathers got it right when they signed the Declaration of Independence, when they pledged to each other their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. They weren't pledging their lives and their fortunes, which we know were important because life was the first right from God. Fortunes was important because they were the the bourgeoisie, the, the greedy capitalist of the day. They were the very people who could afford to pay the king. But they said one word was so important, it needs an extra oomph. Needs a bit of, you know, a bit of hot sauce. Needs some barbecue sauce. Only one word is sacred, and that is honor. Who has honor today? Look around. I believe there's a major change coming in the world. You're seeing it around the world, whether it's impeachment hearings with Donald Trump, whether it's Brexit, whether it's the future of the European Union, whether it's what's happening in Deutsche Bank, whether it's the case of what's happening in your banks where your government is yet again bailing them out, and no one wants to talk about it. Amazing, nobody left, right, top or bottom, no one wants to talk about all the billions of dollars going into the banks. The banks, once again, need bailing out. No one wants to talk about it. Are there issues in the stock market? No one wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk about all these trade wars that are going on because there's new trades, tariffs starting, I think it's October 18th, between Europe and America. No one wants to talk about all these issues. Are they good? Are they bad? We just want to talk about all the chaos going around. By the way, all those bodies I spoke to you about having credibility, that's apt for America. It's apt for Ireland. It's apt for England. It's apt for Europe. Even people who are the most ardent of socialists don't necessarily like most politicians. They think they're in it for themselves. Who has credibility? If you want to change the world, it's important that you have credibility with people you talk to. It's important that you are the person in your circle that has credibility. And you're not on the side. You're not on, hey, I'm pro this guy and I'm against this guy. That you are for the side of principles. Because I actually believe the world is coming to a point in time where it's going to inflect. And it's going to go, what are we actually for? And the world needs to hear the answer. Ireland, England, Europe will all talk about government-centric solutions. Left, right, top or bottom. It'll all be government-based solutions. Australia, Asia will all be government-based solutions. Their voice will be loud and clear. Whether they agree or whether they disagree, but their voice will be loud and clear. You have tyrannies around the world. Iran's voice will be loud and clear. A theocracy. Russia's voice under Putin will be loud and clear. King Jong-un's voice in North Korea will be loud and clear. The people have no rights. They're subservient to me. They will do as I say. Who will be the voice for freedom? Who will be the voice that speaks about... Quite simply, leave people the hell alone and don't take their stuff. Will that voice be heard? Will that voice be popular at any time in the future? Or does it depend on it whether it's popular or not, whether it's been spoken about or not? Hey, freedom's cool, let's talk about it. What happens if freedom isn't cool at that point in time? 
Who's going to make that case? Are you? Look around at my colleagues in the media. Who do you trust? Do you trust anybody? By the way, this is not an advertisement to trust me. Don't trust me. I'll be the first person to tell you, don't trust me. Question me at every opportunity. Find where you stand, even if it means you disagree with me 100% of the time. But who has credibility? The choices we're about to make, the big choice we have in the future, will be what we stand for. This is a case for everyone around the world. Because this chaos can't go on forever. This idea of reckless spending, reckless debt, reckless leadership has to end at some point. It's impossible for it to just keep getting stretched and stretched and stretched. This theory of let's just kick the can down the road another bit. It sounds good and it may pay off for a while, but at some point it doesn't work anymore. And it's at that point those who believe in freedom need to be heard and they need to have credibility. And I believe that point is coming sooner than you all think. Because there's no way this world can continue to go on the way it is. I say this as someone who is a Christian. And also someone who believes in freedom. Because as Ronald Reagan once said. And he had this saying on his desk. If not you, if not you, who? And if not now, when? If you are any believer of freedom, now is the time to work on your credibility. Now is the time to be consistent in your principles, regardless of where the chips fall, regardless of where they may fall and lie. This case of impeachment against Donald Trump is nothing more than a joke. And I say that as someone who is not a defender of your president. I am not on any train. I'm not paid off by anybody. I am just following the facts. But let me tell you and prove to you why credibility matters. And let me use an example of the left. Is there any way anyone would look at the actions of our friends from the left over the last two plus years and go, they just want the truth? Is there anyone who could look at anybody in the media on the left or any politician in D.C. and go, they're just after the truth? That they will accept it come what may, once they get the truth. Or is it clear to everyone who can see, who doesn't have an agenda, that they've just been out to get him from day one? That they were so upset, so frustrated, so annoyed, that he beat their girl Hillary Clinton, that they were going to come after him no matter what. That is why credibility matters. So when someone says something that, hey, he's guilty or he's innocent, that it means something. They had their agenda. They are so obsessed with destroying Donald Trump. And I, again, I say this is not a Donald Trump fan. I'm not on any train going, yeah, baby, Donald Trump. Nope. I'll call them as I see them. How many people do the same? Do you do the same? 
Are you an umpire? Like baseball? When it's a strike, it's a strike. When it's a ball, it's a ball. The strike zone doesn't change, Republican or Democrat. If you aren't, why not? What's stopping you? Because if you're so on the Donald Trump train, let me tell you this. Your guy may win in 2020, but eventually he has to get out of office. Unless you're thinking about, hey, he runs forever. But at 2024, what do you do then? Do you just jump on the next train and the next train? And the next train. And the next train. If you hate the left so much, why act like them? They just jump on board any train that's cool. Any train that's popular. They don't care about credibility. If you remember back to prior when you're before Donald Trump was president, they were concerned about Donald Trump not accepting the results of the election. They were so concerned that he was going to set up his own TV network and destroy Hillary Clinton. Just be this voice, this nagging little voice that just would never go away. Kind of like what Hillary Clinton is now. This is why you hate the left. So why be them? The left are the people who are inconsistent. And I say the left, not Democrats, there's a difference. The left and the media and the people in DC will change their argument any which way once it's popular. Oh, Donald Trump is guilty. Why? Uh, what's the latest reason? Oh, he, he, he's Ukraine, Russian collusion. What's? I'm, I can't keep up. What's the latest reason? Oh, oh, he's guilty because of this. Gotcha. Who has credibility? The fr- my friends in DC and the left don't. The media don't. Do you? If you are a lover of freedom, I beg you. If you hear nothing else today, hear this. Follow the mission of your founders. I was in your country last week and I gave some presentations. And I finished up the same way I did and the way I'm going to do now. I'm going to give you a challenge. Tell the world what you're for. This world is filled with people who are, I don't like the left. I don't like the fake news CNN. I don't like Facebook. Great. Everyone has it. I don't like Trump. He's a Nazi. He's Hitler. Oh my God, those right-wingers. Great, wonderful. Everyone can do it. Everyone. Even a baby just out of the womb can tell you what it doesn't like. Hey, I, uh, I'm cold. I'm hungry. Got it. Need, fee- need food, need water, go asleep. Need to be burped. Babies can do it. It actually takes intellect to tell the world what you're for. The challenge is read your Declaration of Independence and understand and follow the example, not of me, Not of some crazy Irish guy, but the example of your founders. This idea where, yeah, I got a load of issues with the king. Boy, have I got issues with that king. That king's a bad son of a gun. But before I get to my issues, let me tell you what I'm for. All men are created equal and endowed by the creator with certain unladyable rights. And among those, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Make it that short if you want to. But tell the world what you're for. Are you for the constitution? Because if you are for the Constitution, it is time to understand something. That the Constitution has no friends in D.C. Whether it's Article 1, Article 2, or Article 3. Whether it's Republican or Democrat. It is violated all the time. Whether it's the Bill of Rights. Your First Amendment rights, your Second Amendment rights, are being infringed upon by both sides. Now is the time to make the case. And if you disagree with me, kind of, I don't believe in the First Amendment or the Second Amendment, cool. Well, not cool, but okay. 
make t- tell the world what rights you are for. Make that case. Let us meet on the battleground of ideas. Let us actually act like adults. We're supposed to be the adults. Let us actually act like adults and discuss these issues. And actually discuss real issues. Because we have issues. I spoke about them earlier on. Banks, debt, spending, government power. We have a lot of things we need to address. Or we can just go keep going, hey, he's innocent, he's guilty, he's innocent, he's guilty, he's innocent, he's guilty, he's innocent, he's guilty. What choice do you make? The choice is yours. The choice will be made by each and every one of your people. Do we just constantly go around in the roundabout of crappy politics and sides? Or do we aspire for something better? Because here's where your people have inspired the world. People who look around and only see problems today, there's great problems in the world today, but also there are great solutions to be found. Your people and the innocent people and people of all different races, of every background, of every sexuality, have a great opportunity ahead of them today to be a great disruptor. To be a great disruptor. I see so many people today just only see all these problems and have no hope. You want to know where hope comes from? Hope comes from opportunity. Hope comes from working your butt off, finding a way for a better tomorrow. Because despite all the obstacles, despite all the the struggles we face right now, we can have a brighter tomorrow. And I'm going to give you some examples to prove it. If you looked back at all the printing presses, at all the books, you would think naturally, oh my God, there's a Goliath. No one will ever, ever take them on and win. Oh yeah? Jeff Bezos did. Amazon did. It wasn't the printing presses and the book manufacturers who came up with Amazon. It was a disruptor. Be like Jeff Bezos. You might look at Hollywood and go, oh my God, Hollywood, all this power. Oh my God, all this this creativity, all these writers. Guess what? They found a disruptor. It wasn't Hollywood who came up with Netflix. It was Netflix. You might look at the car industry, the auto industry, and you see all these Chryslers and Ford and General Motors, all these people with all these years of experience, all this history in the auto industry. Yet they didn't create the coolest electrical car out there. A disruptor called Elon Musk did. He created the Tesla. You might look at mainstream media and go, oh my God, the mainstream media, ABC, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all the alphabet soup. No one will ever take them on and win. Glenn Beck did. Hate him or love him. He was a great disruptor with the blaze. Now everyone just looks around and watches TV and watches different apps and watches news on their iPhone. Glenn Beck, it was a disruptor. We have a choice in front of us. We can talk about small things and always see big problems and just go, oh, I can't do anything. Or we can believe in the individual. We can believe in the principles of freedom. We can promote the principles of freedom because it is those principles that help create and foster an environment that leads to great disruption. And my God, is there anyone who wouldn't think Amazon, Netflix, Tesla, and the Blaze, and the idea of watching stuff on your phone wasn't a great advancement? The choice is yours. Choose carefully. 
Until next week, I hope you have a beautiful and blessed week. We salute your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. And most importantly, I salute you, the great American people. America is great because Americans are good. That's each and every one of you. Go be a disruptor. Go support a disruptor. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, you all have a great week. God bless. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network.